open our Bibles this morning, Luke chapter number 4, Luke chapter number 4, we'll read the first 13 verses uh, this morning, Luke chapter number 4, verses 1 through 13, as we continue in our study in the gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter number 4, beginning in verse number 1, the word of God says this, Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being forty days tempted of the devil, in those days he did eat nothing. When they were ended, he afterward hungered. The devil said unto them, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him, all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Verse 8. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. In their hands they shall bear thee up, and the time shall dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus answering and said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you, and Lord, we do thank you, uh, God, for your word this morning, Lord. Uh, Lord, I pray as we teach and preach your word, Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord. I pray that you would encourage us, Lord. I pray that you would help us as we, Lord, just study and look at this subject of temptation and decision-making. God, may your word do a work in our hearts this morning, Lord. Uh, may you receive glory and honor in the church. Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you for saving us, Lord, sending your son to pay a price that we could not afford to pay. Lord, we thank you for examples in Scripture, God, that we can learn from. And Lord, I I pray that we would do that this morning. your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Researchers at Cornell University estimate that we make 226.7 decisions each day on food alone. As your level of responsibility increases, so is the multitude of choices you have to make. It's estimated that the average adult makes about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions each day. Each decision, of course, carries certain consequences with it that are both good and bad. We make a lot of decisions every single day. Some are insignificant. Some are significant. Has anyone else ever made a bad decision? I have. I've made some bad ones. Anybody ever made a bad financial decision, maybe, or a bad relational decision, bad parenting decision, bad uh, decision when facing temptation? There's some things in our text this morning, we're going to work through the text that we can look at when it comes to temptation, when it comes to decisions that I believe each one of us can learn um, from from the Lord Jesus Christ. We're finding ourselves at a point in Jesus' life here where there was 18 years of silence, if you remember, from the time he was 12 till the time he was about 30. He comes back on the scene there with John the Baptist, and he's baptized in the Jordan River, identifying with us, identifying with the sinners. 
Uh, we find him led here in our text by the Spirit into the wilderness for a specific purpose. And the purpose is to be tempted of the devil. That's what the purpose of the Spirit leading him there was. It, it says in our text here that he was hungry. He's in the wilderness. He hasn't eaten for 40 days. And Satan shows up here uh, tempting him. And I, I think of this, what he identified with us as sinners through baptism. And then here in our text, once again, he's identifying with us through temptation. There's some great lessons that we can learn as we walk through this text this morning. And I hope we can take it away. Look at verse number 1 this morning. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan... And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. If you remember, as he was baptized in our last text, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then the Spirit here in verse number 1 leads him into the wilderness. The Spirit leads him. He's taking him somewhere. He has a purpose for where he's headed. Now this area of the wilderness would have been seated about 1,500 feet above the Jordan Valley, about six miles from where he was baptized. And they're looking over, uh, they're basically looking over this valley. And if, if you notice at the end of verse number 1, there's a comma. It continues. He was led into the wilderness for a specific purpose. Look at verse number 2. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days, he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. He had been there for 40 days. He's not eaten anything. He's hungry. 40 days without food, reaching that point of starvation, weak and tired. Jesus, we understand 100% God, but here 100% man experiencing the same hunger, the same weakness, the same, uh, the same way that we would be. Now, I don't know, I, going 40 days without food, I struggle sometimes going 40 minutes. Somebody help me this morning. Could you imagine being in the wilderness, in this desert place, for 40 days, eating nothing? Man, hungry. Your body literally screaming out for food. Your calorie intake has obviously been so low that your body is beginning to feed on yourself. And then this one shows up, Satan who Jesus knows about, who God knows about. By the way, the name Satan or the devil simply means this, false accuser, okay, that's what the word literally means, or slanderer, shows up on the scene. By the way, the first Adam was tempted by this same Satan in the Garden of Eden, a beautiful place, that, that perfect place. Here we find the second Adam or the final Adam in, in a desert place, in the wilderness, in a dry and barren wilderness or desert being tempted by Satan. Look at verse number 3. The devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that they may be bread. Many Satan, as he does so often in our life here, attacks him where he's most likely weak and where he's most likely vulnerable. He hasn't eaten, and Satan goes right towards it. He goes, he goes right to him and says, Hey, if you're really God, and he knew he was really God, he says, If you're really God, if you're really who you say you are, turn these stones into bread. I think it was me about that time. Those stones are becoming bread. Somebody help me this morning. I mean, that Outback Steakhouse type bread. Maybe that honey butter from, uh, uh, what's the place? Texas Roadhouse butter. Somebody, have you ever had that before? That will change your life. Cinnamon, honey butter, something like that. Man, that's what's happened if it's me. So he, he says to Jesus, hey, if you truly be the Son of God and who you say you are, turn this in, into bread. Many attacks the weakness. And I think about this. So often that's where he gets us. That's where you got Adam and Eve. Man, those desires of the flesh, those things that we desire. Look how Jesus answers him. 
Love this in verse number 4. Look how Jesus answers him. And Jesus answered him saying, and notice these words. You're going to see them a couple times in our text. It is written. He goes to the scriptures. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So Satan tempts him. Man tries to get him. And Jesus says this. He says, no. Well, man, this is what the scripture says. This is what the word says. Look at verse number 5. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Those same kingdoms that he had created, those, those same cre- uh, kingdoms that he had stepped out on nothing and spoke into existence. Satan is now giving him a tour. And look, look, look what happened in verse number 6. By the way, what, what Satan always does from the beginning of time, he attacks the word. Satan is the prince and the power of the air. It's almost like he's not only going after the flesh, the lust of the flesh with the bread, but the, the, the pride of life maybe. Or, uh, you know, hey, you, look at all this. Look at these things. That's what Satan does. Satan has always, by the way, as you're going to see, desired worship. He's always desired to be worshipped more than God. He is the first one that has this jealousy and that covetousness. By the way, those are the spirit of Satan. Look at verse 6. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, the glory of them, for that which is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Satan says, Listen, I'll give you all this, which it's already God's. If you just bow and worship me. From the time that he was cast out of heaven, his main desire was to have the glory and the worship that's only reserved for one alone, and that's for the name that's above every name. Look how Jesus answers him once again. Look look at this, verse number 8. Jesus answered and said unto them, I love this, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. Here he goes again. Where does he go? He goes to the Scriptures. Man, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Look at verse number 9. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. And look what Satan does. He's really good at this. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. In their hands that they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus answering unto him, look what he says. It is said, or it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Listen, look what he ends up doing in verse number 13. Satan's got tired of it. He's been there. I mean, he's been tempting him for 40 days. He's been after him. He's presenting these things, the same thing that he presented in the Garden of Eden, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He's trying to get Jesus to fall. He knows that if Jesus messes up, hey, listen, he, Satan knows what's coming, okay? He knows, and by the way, he knows what's coming now. He knows what's coming in the future. Listen, he knows that if he could get God off, which we, we know it's not going to happen and I believe Satan probably really knows but he was going to try he was going to attack he was going to attempt look over 13 says I love this when the devil had ended all the temptation he departed from him for a season I want you to think about this when did this temptation of Jesus come man it just came after a great victory what had just happened with Jesus he had just been baptized Man, that temptation came right after a great victory. By the way, it came right before a great victory. Man, he he had just been baptized. Temptation came. He's getting ready to start his earthly ministry. And guess what's happening? Temptation's coming. Right after a great victory and right before he was going to be used on this earth 
in a great way. Man, it happens right after the victory, right before victory. And then notice this, it also happens when Jesus is in the wilderness, he's in a desert place, he's hungry, and he's tired. Man, Jesus had a decision to make in these moments. Just like you and I are faced with decisions every single day when it comes to making decisions about our life, when it comes to making decisions about temptation. If you remember back in Genesis chapter number 3, Satan came to Eve, same stuff. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Listen, he, remember what he said? Yea, hath God said. He questioned God's word. He tried to twist God's word. Satan came to Jesus, attacked his flesh, uh, attacked his power, attacked his pride. And by the way, Satan comes to us the exact same way, doesn't he? And aren't you thankful that our perfect example, Jesus Christ, was able to overcome? I love what Hebrews 4.15 says. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet he is without sin. He made the right decision when temptation from the false accuser, the slanderer, when Satan tried to get him to make a wrong decision, he made the right decisions. And I want to give us just a couple things, four things this morning from our text that I believe we can really learn from. See, I messed y'all up. It's usually three. Somebody help me this morning. We got four this morning, so, okay. Yeah, we had two, four. We got four this morning, okay. Some things very practically from this text that I believe can help us do two things. Make better decisions when it just comes to life and make better decisions when it comes to temptation. I mean, I look back, and, man, I've made some stupid decisions. How many of you figure out when you make a bad decision, many times it costs you, right? I mean, I've made, you ever made an emotional decision in the heat of the moment maybe to buy something? You get home, then the next day you're sitting there and you're like, what did I do? You wish it could go away. Guess what's coming every single month when you make that bad decision? That payment. It's going to be there. Can't reverse it. It is what it is. A bad decision. I mean, I've made some decisions in my life that were irreversible before. Man, I've made some decisions in my life when it comes to temptation, man. Many times that temptation comes before us, if you're like me, and many times it comes the same way that it came to Jesus here when we're tired and when we're weak and when we're vulnerable. I mean, you ever been attacked in those moments? That's many times where in your head space and when your heart space, that's many times where that battle goes on. Hey, when you're strong, when you're on fire for God, it's a whole lot easier. But when you're weak and when things aren't always going well and you may feel like maybe you haven't eaten in a little bit, maybe, and, and that sounds stupid, but you know what? That's many times when we're tired, when we're weak, when we're hungry. That's when we're vulnerable. And that's many times when those attacks come. A couple things to overcome temptation this morning couple things that can help us make wise decisions this morning. The first one, just real simply, that I want to give you this morning, very practical, is this. Do not make decisions when you're hungry and when you're tired. Do not make major decisions when you're hungry and when you're tired. They, he attacked Jesus when he was hungry and weak. He attacked Jesus when he was in the wilderness Man, for us, a wilderness might be that time of life where things just don't seem like they're going well. You ever been in a wilderness in your life? You ever been in that place where it feels like it's just dry and there's no water? I have. You ever been in a, you ever been in a place, even spiritually, where it just feels like nothing's happening? Where there's no fruit? When you're not at peace? When you're weak? 
When you're alone, listen, that's so often where we get attacked. Y'all remember Elijah, the prophet of God? It's either 1 Kings or 2 Kings, chapter number 17. Y'all remember that? He's sitting under a juniper tree, and he, he requests this. This is the prophet of God. This is the man that God had used in a great way. He requests this. He says, God, take my life. He says, I don't even want to live anymore. Man, this is the one that God had used in a great way. Man, this prophet, and he's sitting under there. And when God sends the angel of the Lord to him, you know the first thing the angel of the Lord says to him? Hey, here's a cake, here's some water, and get some rest. That's the first thing that he says to him. Man, he wakes him up again. Go study it. And the angel of the Lord wakes him up again, and guess what he does? He, he makes a cake, gives him some water, and says, get some rest. When we are tired, we are hungry. When we are full, go all the way. We make terrible decisions. Because many times it's based off of emotion. We need to make sure that we make decisions when we're healthy, when things are good. Hey, when we're headed in there. Listen, and this is just such an important thing for us. You see, Elijah, because he was having a self-pity party, he said some things like this. I'm the only one that hasn't bowed to Baal. There were 7,000 that hadn't bowed. He, he said, I'm not as good as my father's. Y'all remember he was comparing himself to the wrong people. He had forgotten some past victories. Go study it. Just one chapter earlier, does anybody remember the miracles that Elijah had seen? He had just been fed by ravens. He had seen the widow's meal multiplied. Man, he had seen called down fire from heaven. And just one chapter later, he's sitting under this juniper tree making a terrible decision because he's tired and because he's hungry. And he says, God, I want to die. We make bad decisions when we allow our emotions to control us. So if I'm Jesus and I'm in the wilderness and, and, I, you know, and I have all power and I'm omnipotent and the Satan tempts me, can I just say this? I'm, man, that's a tough thing. I mean, I'm starving right now. Somebody help me. Like I was tempted to sneak out during the handshaking time to the bake sale because I'm so hungry. You know? <laughs> so think about that this morning. Man, there's times where even in conversation with people, if, I'm, if you're going into a, a, a deep discussion with your spouse, sometimes what ends up happening is we're so tired from working all week. We're so tired from running the course. I find myself this way, traveling and doing this and doing that, and then me and Sarah need to have a discussion, and I'm tired and I'm hungry, and if I'm not careful, I'm short with her because I, is everybody track with me? We all, and this isn't, this goes against our culture a lot of times. Do you know we all need rest at some points in our lives? We all have to have a time where we recharge. And that's hard for me because I'm not built that way. Man, I want to go 100 miles an hour every single day. Man, I want to wake up in the morning until the sun sets. And I want to work hard, and I believe we should work hard. But think about this. Jesus, God, our perfect example, what did he do on that seventh day? He rested. And I understand that he is our Sabbath and we rest in him. But sometimes, because we're, we're, listen, sometimes if we're pedal to the metal in all of our lives, we end up making terrible decisions. We're so busy, aren't we? We've got this thing. We've got this thing. I mean, we get off work. We've got to get the kids to practice. We've got to get home. We've got to have supper. We've got to do our Bible reading. We've got to do our prayer time. We've got to, you know, we've got to check our social media. We've got to go eat. We've got to do this. We've got to grocery shop. And we've got church stuff. We've got school stuff. We've got home stuff. We've got work stuff. We live our lives as people that are just completely tired and, and really, we, and we can, some of us live our lives hangry because we're going, 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 going. I just want to encourage you with this. If we live our lives weak, 
we're vulnerable. We've got to be deliberate about how we spend our lives. We've got to be deliberate when we're making a decision. Listen, we've got to be deliberate when we're getting ready, especially to make a life-changing decision. You know most decisions don't have to be made that second. They can be slept on. They can be prayed about. They can be thought about. Man, they can be worked through both logically and spiritually. Man, I just want to encourage you with this. The first thing is this. When, you are, when you're getting ready to make a, a decision, even when it's come to temptation, do you know many times when we fall into sin quickly and we think it's quickly, it's because in the spur of the moment, listen, because we've been so busy, because we've been so tired, when we're alone and we're in that wilderness, that desert place, listen, we are vulnerable. Those moments where we don't have control of our own spirit, we're like a city that's broken down without walls. That's when the enemy wants to attack us. The heat of the moment wants us to make an emotional decision that we think would fulfill. Hey, take these stones and turn them into bread. Huh? Man, in the, in the moment, you're weak and your relationship maybe with your spouse isn't what it should be. And maybe there's some separation there and there's some anxiety there and things aren't what it is. And you find yourself in the wilderness of temptation. Having that conversation with that person at work or through social media. Of, and, he, and he's got us right where he wants us. In the heat of the moment. Listen, I just want to encourage you we're, when we're weak, when we're tired, to step back and ask God for strength or maybe to rest and maybe to stop and eat. Don't make decisions when you are hungry and tired. The flesh is weak. When you're in a desert place in life, in the wilderness, do not make emotional, fleshly decision. I bet some bread would have tasted good. But it would have been the wrong decision. By the way, just because something looks good and sounds good does not mean it is good. Man, do not make decisions when you're hungry and tired. The second thing, I love what Jesus says. This is an awesome one. This will help you. This will change your life if you get this. Make your decisions based on God's Word. Make your decisions based on God's Word. How does Jesus answer? It is what? It is written. He's saying this, this is what the Word says. This is what Scripture says. And by the way, so often we're searching for God's will in some mystical way where most of God's will is clear for us in Scripture. God's will and God's Word, they always agree. I love what the psalmist said in the 119th Psalm. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of my mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of my testimonies as much as in all riches. Listen to this. I will meditate on thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in the statues. Here it is. I will not forget thy word. Listen, when temptation comes, when a decision comes, we must remember the words of God. On my own, guess what happens so often when temptation comes? I fall. I give in. It's important that we have personal Bible study and a personal relationship with the Word. That is Word. You know, God never promised, I can't find it, to bless Bible reading, but He promises to bless Bible meditating. 
Right here, meditate. Psalm chapter number 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law shall I meditate, what? Both day and night. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I should not sin against God. Oh, I found this in my life. When I'm in the Word, and when I'm memorizing the Word, and I'm feasting on the Word daily, when that temptation comes, man, many times what God and the Holy Spirit will do, He will draw those Scripture to the remembrance of my mind. And when I can't in my flesh overcome the temptation, I'm thankful that there's one inside of me that can. Man, His Word. We ought to be people that are consumed with his word. I love what Job says about his word. His word more than my necessary food. Let me just say this. As believers, we need his word more than we need that lunch today. Man, it's how we grow. It's how, listen, it's where we find our strength. Listen, it's what helps us make decisions based on God's word. Thirdly, write this one down. When making a decision, this is a hard one. This is a hard one for me sometimes to think about. Consider the cost. Consider the cost. Could you imagine Jesus giving in what the cost would have been? Could you imagine if he would have turned those bread into stone? Could you, or that stone into bread? Could you imagine if he would have taken Satan up on the promise that he would give him? Listen, that lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the price of life. Can I just say this? When temptation comes, there's a cost of giving in. Listen, there's a cost of bad decisions. You know, we ought to learn from the bad decisions of our past. Making the same bad decision over and over and over again. You struggle. Maybe you're here this morning. You struggle with credit card debt. You know the best way to get out of debt? It's not to create anymore. I mean, I remember as a young man, I get a credit card. I just run it up, and guess what I do? I pay it off, and then guess what I do again? Run it up, and guess what I do? Pay it off. Then I finally, one day, after about ten times, thousands of dollars, a light bulb went off. If I keep doing that, guess what? Never going to get ahead. Got to learn from the cost of that bad decision. Man, I got to learn from the cost of those, those times. You ever, you ever had those moments with your spouse where you, you get into it a little bit? You over-emotionally react? Man, something that wasn't that big a deal becomes a big deal and it's stupid. You go back to your room after you're not talking and you feel guilty and you, the Holy Spirit kind of reminds you how dumb was that? causing all that friction in your house. Your kids see it. Everybody sees it. And it was something stupid. And I always tell them, well, if she would have just put the remote back, it wouldn't have been an issue. You know? I've had arguments that come over stuff like that. Something dumb. Consider the cost of those. You ever? How about this? Consider the cost of our words. You can never take back those words. When you talk down to your kids... And make them feel, listen, our kids, when it comes to mom and dad, should always feel grace, love, and mercy from their parents' words. Man, I've had those moments when I failed at it. Consider the cost. Every time that word comes out of our mouth, we sing the praises of God, we lift up the name, we, we hold everybody else to some high standards, and we talk down to our kids like a bunch of jerks, and we wonder why they don't want to be in church this morning. We wonder why they don't want to sit around the table with us. I used to think Caitlin wanted to hang out with me. She texted me yesterday morning, hey, will you have lunch with me? I thought it was because she wanted to hang out with me, but I figured something out. She just wanted me to pay. Somebody help me this morning. She wanted me to pay the bill. But as a parent, you know, 
our perfect example, our Father, he's so, he's so kind to us. He's so gentle to us. He's so loving to us. And I love that passage in Matthew where it talks about, man, a dad that is worth his weight in salt when a kid asks him something. You know, if he asks him, you know, if he asks him for bread, he's not going to give him a stone. Why? Because he loves his son, loves his daughter. So it says this about our Heavenly Father. How much more does he love us? Man, that's the, you ever had those moments, though, where you, you, you don't count the cost of how we're pushing our children away or our spouse away or our coworkers away or those people away? We've got to count the cost. Think of this, man. If we fall, or if we, most people don't fall into sin. We slowly take steps there. But we have to consider the cost of that. That little conversation we're having behind the scenes, man, down, it, we may not see the cost right here, but can I just tell you from watching, I mean, there's a big cost way down the road. I mean, that little cost right now of not, not, not handling your, your finances correctly because we, we look for satisfaction in the heat of the moment, whether it's, um, whether it's for money, whether it's for set, whatever, pleasure, whatever it is. We don't consider the cost. And what we'll do is we'll, we will sacrifice our future for a little bit of temporary satisfaction. We must be careful about that. We've got to consider the cost when we're making decisions. We've got to consider the cost when temptation comes the cost of going against God's word and here's how we do that this is so awesome man make decisions based on God's word when making decisions consider the cost and here is I love this greater we got to remember this is he that is in you than he that is where in the world what does Jesus say to him Jesus filled with the spirit of God he says this get thee what get thee behind me Satan. I love James chapter 4, verse number 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When we resist in the name of Jesus, he leaves. He gets away. Hey, that temptation will go away. I love James chapter 4, verse number 8. The very next, the ne- ne- very next word says this. Draw nigh to God, and guess what will happen? He will draw nigh to you. Listen, here's the thing. So often... What we just simply need to do this morning, you may be here, and I was like this before, I want to be closer to God. We'd all say that. How many of y'all want to be closer to God? Yes. I do. You do. God's been standing right here the whole time. And you say this, you say, I want to be closer to God. You know what God does? He looks at us out here, and we're standing over here. I want to be closer to God. And God over here looks back at us. You know what he says? It's your move. You want to be closer to me? It's your move. You know, all you got to do this morning, if you want to be closer to God, listen, if you've been saved by His grace and been reconciled to Him, He's there. He hasn't moved. He hasn't changed. Many times in our lives, who's changed and who's moved is us. And what we've got to do is take a step towards Him. Say, I want to be closer to God. And He looks back over at you and He says, it's your move. Man, you come back over here and I just tell you, you know what you need to do? Take a step towards Him. He's there. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's embraced you. He's enough. Oh, I want to be closer to God. He looks at you this morning. He says, hey, it's your move. Hey, God, I want my family to be right. And I want, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better spouse. And I want to be a better Christian. And I want to be a better follower. God is looking at you this morning. And this is what he's saying. It is your move. You just got to take a step. You just got to decide that you're going to spend time in his presence. You've got to decide that you're going to confess your sin. You've got to decide that you're going to be in this old blessed book every single 
single day and you're going to get down on your knees and you're going to spend time with him. And I don't know who it is this morning that just needs to decide, I'm tired of living complacent. I'm tired of living stagnant. I'm tired of blaming everybody else. And today I'm going to decide, I'm going to take a step towards him because I know that he loves me and I'm in him and he's forgiven me and I don't have to worry about my past. I don't have to worry about where I've been. I can live in his presence and live in his grace. Somebody better help me preach this morning. Listen, because he's loved me, he's accepted me, I'm in him, and he's in me. But what I do so often when I'm over here, I really do want to be closer to God. But then that old slew foot Satan, that old accuser, sits on my shoulder. You know what he says? Hey, you're not good enough. Hey, remember that time 20 years ago. Hey, remember that time 10 years ago. Hey, remember that time 5 years ago. Hey, remember that time 6 months ago. Hey, remember that time 2 weeks ago when you were looking at that stuff or when you were with that person or when you had that conversation or when you struggled with that addiction. He'll bring that stuff in your head. And what you need to do is this. Resist the devil because he will flee from you. Claim the blood of Jesus and say, Get thee behind me, Satan, and take a step forward towards him. I'm telling you, that's what he wants for you this morning. You don't, maybe put it this way, you don't have to live like this. You don't have to live in your bondage. You don't have to live in your sin this morning. You don't have to live being a failure this morning. You can repent and turn to him. And here's the great news about the Lord. When you take that step, I believe he takes a step towards you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He loves you this morning like you were his only child. And he, he wants to embrace you. He wants to forgive you this morning. He can help you overcome that thing you're struggling with. Just give it to Him. Hey, lay it on the altar. You don't have to live this way. When the point of decision comes, hey, remember that scripture. Rest in Jesus and resist the devil this morning. And I don't know who it is. Maybe you just need to take that step today in your heart and decide, you know what? I do want to be closer to Him. And today, you know what? I'm just going to take that step. Man, I'm going to move closer to Him. And as we move closer to Him, He's never moved, but you know what he'll do? He'll move closer to us this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed, let's stand at our feet. If you need a place to pray, altars open this morning. We dismiss, there'll be some counselors down here that would love to pray with you. Matt's going to sing.